Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, I am Rich Valdez, and we are here 17 floors above Madison Square Garden right here in New York City. Busy week. We've got the Democratic National Convention. You've heard all about that. But the real thing I want to get to is that the Democrats are running scared. I think it's pretty evident they're running scared when they bring out Slick Willie. B.J. Bill Jefferson Clinton, as the great one likes to say, or Slick Willie, as the great late great Bob Grant called him. When you're bringing out the guy that's getting neck rubs from Jeffrey Epstein's victims, you know that you're in really tough shape. And you're bringing out Barack Obama and he's throwing bombs around because he's so busy trashing Trump that he doesn't even have time to talk about how great Biden is when the entire campaign is against Trump. You know they're running scared. This reminds me of Bush Cheney 2004. I remember driving through Newark, New Jersey in 2004 and seeing signs where they were connecting any candidate that was running for any statewide office, including for governor, with Bush because Bush had a negative favorability rating in New Jersey, which was typical. That's as per usual in New Jersey. It's a blue state and it's, you know, nine to one Democrat. But the real interesting thing here is that running against Bush wasn't a strategy that would work nationwide. This is something that would only work if you're running against Bush locally because the people didn't care for Bush, but the rest of the country did, and we saw how Bush won. I mean, in 2004, there was no question, right? So in 2000, there was, all oh, hold up, Al Gore, Bush v. Gore, Supreme Court, you name it, recounts, all sorts of craziness. I don't know if you remember that. I do. I remember the panhandle closing at a different time than everywhere else and then Al Sharpton jumping on the bandwagon like they always do. This is why I'm so cynical with things because I've seen a lot of this stuff before and so have any, any other political observers. They've seen this too. But I remember Al Gore showing up the day after Election Day, mobilizing a squad, and not the squad. We're going to get to that a little bit later. But mobilizing a squad and rolling up. Now, these polling locations were locked down because they were doing recounts. Sharpton flies himself to Florida and rolls up, and the police are there with the street closed because they're like, you know what? We're, nobody's getting into the polling location right now because they're doing a recount. And this was a big deal. It was the day after Election Day, and Sharpton didn't care. And he forgot to tell people who were watching his video that it was the day after Election Day. And they just started mow-mowing, shouting, we're, you're disenfranchising us because we're black. You're disenfranchising the community because they don't want to vote for Bush. No, it was because it wasn't Election Day and they had missed Election Day and you don't get to vote the day after Election Day. 
But nobody cared about that. They just wanted to portray that video of a bunch of black people led by Al Sharpton trying to get into a polling location with the police stopping them. Great optics, great video. Too bad it wasn't election day. They were doing a recount. But my point is, I remember that clear as day. I remember seeing the video and seeing how it was spun out of control and everybody was watching it and saying, what about, what about, what about, what about? Come on, man. Come on, man. In the words of Joe Biden. I remember that. I also remember everybody running against Bush. But I think what we all remember is that Bush won. I remember that really clearly because I worked on the campaign. I was in Derry, New Hampshire. Uh, matter of fact, maybe I'll tweet out a picture of America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, and I. We were both on the stump together. I mean, he was giving a speech. I was just running the phone bank operation. In many ways, I was Mr. Call Screening back then. <laughs> but in New Hampshire, the, the temperature was great because you could really get a sense of how the rest of America felt, at least in New England, when they were just going buck wild for Bush. I look at that and I juxtapose it to today and I say, hmm, what do we got? Where are the similarities? There's a lot of them. The left is going crazy. They are running. They ran against Bush. They didn't run John Kerry, right? John Kerry was a nobody. In fact, I bet if you ask most people who ran against Bush in 2004, they won't remember. And in many ways, Joe Biden is going to be a forgotten topic as well. When people look back and go, oh, yeah, who, who was it that ran? It was Kamala Harris that ran against him, right? Because she's getting all the shine right now. And as I mentioned in the previous podcast, I think that's the whole plan. The whole plan is for them to just beat on Trump and beat on Trump from now till November, hopefully get the Senate that they're hoping and praying for, and then run another impeachment on them. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me know what you think. I'm at Rich Valdez on Twitter, at Rich Valdez on Parler, at Rich Valdez on Instagram, trying to step my game up in all of those areas because, you know, there's sometimes cool video, cool photos and stuff like that that I want to share with you guys. And I know that more and more people are, are following these accounts, so definitely um, check them out. Give us a follow. See what's going on. We try to keep in touch with you guys. And I want to know what you think. In particular, the content that we're talking about. If there's a topic that you want me to cover, I don't really do conspiracy theory. I typically look at that as the third, let's call it the third rail of uh, talk radio. It's just not for me. It's not for me. It's, it, it's too open. There's no floor. There's no ceiling. How do you debate that? How do you even start to dissect those things when they're so squishy. I remember years ago, a guy named Doug Forrester ran for the United States Senate, but then he ran for governor. And that same year, I ran for the state assembly in New Jersey. So we were on a ticket together. So we did some campaigning together. And I remember Doug, a real fancy pants kind of guy from Princeton, him saying once, he used a, such a funny expression. I'd heard it before, but never heard it from him. And he said, trying to argue with these Democrats is like trying to nail jello to a tree. <laughs> and it was his delivery that I, I found most humorous. But that's what we're dealing with here. When you talk about conspiracy theory, it really, it's, you know, there's no win. There's no win because there's no truth. It's total relativism. I'm really not um, into um, idealism and really going into that, that other world. That said, AOC did what she said she was going to do. She went and she pledged her support for her communist sympathizing grandpa, Bolshevik Bernie Sanders. And he turns around and gives his support to Joe El Baboso Biden. And she gave this loaded, loaded, loaded speech that I'm not going to play for you, but I want to explain just a little bit. And the part of it that I want to explain in particular is just some of the references. 
a lot of these references that she made are to things that sound nice, but they really are all sizzle and no steak. And what I mean by that is she talks about all of these fancy and fluffy things and not once ever really mentions that this is for the citizens of the United States. There's no allusion to citizens or alluding to citizens, I should say. She talks about people in the United States. And I think it's so telling. When you talk about people in the United States, you've just let a lot of people into that picture. Typically, when you're talking about elections, you're talking about voters. And to be a voter, you need to be a citizen of the United States. That's literally like how it's worked in every single election we've ever, ever had. However, AOC, not so much. She wants all of these things, the free health care, the free school, the free this and the free that, the free stuff, free-ish. She wants all of that to go to people in the United States, not citizens of the United States. And I think that's an important distinction because today she goes and basically um, drills down on allowing people that are in prison to vote. Now, that's interesting because... That's not a thing, right? We don't typically do that, and we haven't done that. And she basically makes the case that this is an old story. It's an old way of looking at things. It's antiquated and that we should allow people, felons, convicts, whatever, they should be given back their right to vote. Now, that's a debate I'd be willing to entertain in Congress if someone wanted to put forth legislation. She is a congressperson, no problem. However, I think it's important that we really uh, take the words that she's using and take them at face value because she would have to pass a law to get that done. But what about all the other people in the United States, as she mentions, not citizens per se? Does this mean that now we can expect illegal aliens to have a right to vote like they do in New York because they have a New York state uh, driver's license that they are able to get through their New York City ID card and they're able to vote in municipal elections? That's a thing. That happened in New York. We did a whole podcast on that. So I'm as puzzled as you are. You know, I don't have all the answers on this one. This is one of those where I'm just putting it out there saying, wow, I hear her saying this. I don't believe what I'm hearing. And how are we going to stop it? And it's pretty easy. Well, I should say simple. Easy, no. Simple, yes. She has to be beat. And where she thrives is not necessarily at the ballot box, although she does. And she endorses candidates and they win too. But really, it's her ideology and her delivery. She comes across as a visionary. She comes across as an inspiration to so many people that know nothing. So they take the first thing they hear and they take it as gospel truth. And this is the danger zone that we're in. We've gotten so sloppy and complacent as a people, not knowing right from wrong, that when wrong comes our way, we sometimes think, well, that sounds pretty nice. I got to tell you, I mentioned earlier in 2005 that I ran for the state assembly. And one of the arguments that I would constantly encounter with people knocking on doors saying, hey, I'm running for the state assembly, blah, blah, blah. And then they'd find out I was a Republican and it would turn them off and they'd wonder why. And the same stuff I hear now. How could a Hispanic be a Republican? And how could, how could, aren't you, aren't you for democracy is what they would ask most times. That's what the Democrats are. The Democratic Party is about democracy. That's why I'm a Democrat. That's what they would tell me. And I would explain to them lots of different things that, you know, A, that we were a republic, B, that 
you can still believe in the democratic aspects or where democracy is at play in our electoral system within our constitutional system as a republic with with either party. (laughs) You didn't have to be married to one party to do that. However, not everybody got it. So we would keep talking and basically I would explain to them that oftentimes we hear these empty promises from politicians. And one of the empty promises that we heard, or at least I used to hear a lot of, was universal pre-K. A lot of people, especially in urban areas, really liked that. And they didn't care whose taxes had to pay for it. They just liked the free school idea. And I wanted to give them options. So I would separate it and make it a new thing and just kind of say, just imagine if there was a politician that came offering you these broad strokes pleasantries and said something like, what if I offered you a scenario where you elect a candidate, me, where I will help you to get what everyone deserves because everyone deserves to own their own home. In 2020, in the United States, everyone deserves to own a home. And you deserve a candidate that is going to fight for you to fight on your behalf in your government to make sure that you realize the American dream and you become a homeowner. And I would make that example and they'd go, wow, that sounds good. And then I would explain to them what it would entail. Now, back then, that was outlandish. People would, would, you know, at first hear it. And as I went on, they'd go, I get your point. I see where you're going with this. You know, the government literally can't buy people houses. But today, that flies as normal. Because we've been fed a hot, steamy pile of crap and too many people were happy to swallow it. That's got to stop. Keep it locked right there. When I come back, we're going to finish that up and I want to get into something else. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America. This Is America. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do it than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to be at the forefront of fighting and curing deadly diseases, developing and using tools and technologies the world doesn't even know exist, or defending your country, fighting disasters, and seeking adventure across the globe. The Army is where all of that can happen, and so much more. The U.S. Army is a team of a million unique and powerful individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world, and to win. Nowhere else on earth provides you with the training and experience and purpose you can find with the Army. Because no other team has so many people around the globe with the goal of making the world safer, the country stronger, and the future of their communities better. If you're looking to secure a future for you and your family, ask yourself, what's your warrior? And go to GoArmy.com to find out. Over 150 jobs one calling. Find your future. Visit GoArmy.com slash NYC. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez. You've been hearing a lot about Goodyear tires and the drama that they're going through. And what I find interesting is companies should have the right to do whatever they want. I agree with that. I think the president has a right to say what he wants as well. I agree with that too. It's not good business to go against something that so many people believe in, but that's their right. It's also our right to put our hands in our pockets and say, you know what? Nah, forget it. I'm not going to spend my money there. And this is somewhat distinct from cancel culture. No question. I agree that we have to make things different from cancel culture because 
saying, you know what, I'm not going to listen to your program because I don't like you, which I do. Look, I don't listen to Rachel Maddow. I don't watch her show and I don't like her. Mainly, I don't like her hair. And no, I'm not jealous because I don't have any. No, I just really, I just don't think it, it fits her. I, and I don't like her delivery. I mean, there's a lot of things, but it, it starts with her hair. Point being, we have that right. Now, I'm not going to go and look up where Rachel Maddow lives and put it on the internet and hope that people go and, and the Sunrise Movement's going to be outside and, you know, no justice, no sleep, and all that crazy stuff that they do and ringing their cowbells and their bullhorns. Say his name! Say his name! No, no, I'm not into that. We don't need that. But we do have to be responsible. And we should take action. Very decisive action. Now, the president gets in trouble. Why? Well, because that's just how it is when you're Trump, right? When you're Trump, you can't do anything right. I want you to listen to this audio because now they're saying that you can't wear blue lives matter, white lives matter, any type of lives matter, because if you do, it's just somehow wrong. It, it's infringing on other people expressing their social justice views on inequity or whatever equity issue there is. Listen to this. Some people may wish to express their views on social justice or inequity or equity issues such as Black Lives Matter or LGBTQ pride on their face covering shirts or wristbands. That will be deemed approved because it complies with zero tolerance stance. However, if any associate wears all blue White Lives Matter shirts or face covering Covering that will be not appropriate. There's rules now around what you can wear. Um, let's try to comply with these so that way, uh, you know, everybody feels good in this this factory. Zero tolerance, zero schmollerance. I think it's a bunch of crap, and I think you'd probably agree with me. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. And interestingly, this doesn't stop here. I mean, now because Trump says, hey, you, you can't wear MAGA, you can't wear, he says you can't wear stuff that says make America great again, and he calls them out on it. Good for him. I'd call him out on it too. So what happens? CNN moves in. Do, 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 do. They're little, they sight, laser sight right on the president, ready to trash him at, in prime time. For everybody that's watching Don Lemon's show, he went in and uh, called the president a bigot, a racist, a hypocrite, and went into calling those things facts. I don't really dislike Lemon personally. I don't even know the guy. But I got to say, I mean, when I watch Levin on Sunday, when I watch Hannity, they don't necessarily trash people. They trash ideas, ideas that are bad for America. But you turn into Lemon and they want to trash my president. El Trumpito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of the United States. And that's wrong. Listen to Don Lemon on CNN trashing Trump. Check this out. Well, two things. The president is, he likes to call people snowflakes and names. He's the biggest snowflake of them all. And we should mention, I should mention, he has criticized me. He's criticized you. He's criticized my colleagues. He's called for the cancellation uh, of CNN. And he tried to get involved in the AT&T merger. So he is a hypocrite when it comes to cancel culture. Number two, it's because he is 
he's afraid, Anderson, that he is about to be canceled and canceled by the voting public, uh, the American people. So I think, listen, we shouldn't be surprised that this president is a hypocrite. We shouldn't be surprised that he is making something political that's not. We shouldn't be surprised that he's a bigot. He's a bigot. He's a racist. He's a hypocrite. Those aren't opinions. Those are facts. So Lemon says we shouldn't be surprised that this president is a hypocrite. He calls him a hypocrite. We shouldn't be surprised that he's making something political. He's a politician now. He's a businessman, but he's the president. I think that's like the top political job there is. Correct me if I'm wrong. But Lemon goes on to say, these are not opinions, these are facts. Well, that's too bad. Don Limon, as I like to call him, Don Limon. I think Don Limon got this one wrong. I think he gets a lot of them wrong, but he definitely got this one wrong. Se equivocó. Why? Well, because free speech cuts both ways. If you're able to do what you want to do, we've got to be able to do what we want to do. We can't continue to live trapped by one set of rules for one people and another set of rules for another. If they want to say that this is okay and that's not okay, then we should be able to say this is okay and that's not okay. You can't go and silence people because you disagree with them, including the left. I don't silence the left. I try not to. And I also don't hate them. This is something I always want to talk about and I always forget to bring it up because I think I hear too many people in offline conversations tell me, but you know, there's only two types of Americans. There's those that love America and those that don't. And I agree with that. You either love America or you don't. You either love liberty or you don't. I don't think there's any in between. It's kind of like being pregnant. There's no little bit pregnant. You either are or you're not. I get that. But it doesn't mean I have to hate that person. It doesn't make them an enemy of the state. It doesn't make them a domestic terrorist. It makes them someone that has a different opinion than me. Someone that wants a different way of doing things. And I have to respect that if I expect for them to respect me. I believe in civil discourse. I really do. I know a lot of you listening right now, you're like, man... This guy just went soft. I'm sorry. But I do. I believe in talking to people. I have neighbors. They're not Trumpers. What am I going to do? Shoot them? No, man. That's not how that works. And I know there's a lot of you that think that's exactly how it works. I know. Trust me, I've been down that road with a lot of people. But I'm not going there. We have to work on civility. The minute civility is gone, then we really don't have America anymore. Like the president says, he says, if you don't have borders, you don't have a country. Now, I don't tend to agree with that, but I do agree in principle that we should have borders and we should protect our borders and keep foreigners out and you shouldn't just walk into the United States. I agree with that, but I don't agree with the whole border. If you don't have borders, you don't have a country. Basically, and it's esoteric, honestly, but it's just kind of like, I mean, we are an, an entire nation of open borders. I can go to California in my car and... It's easy peasy, right? There's no issue. I go to New York back and forth every day other than a toll. It's an open border. So within these United States, we have always functioned pretty much with open borders. So I don't like that terminology. I believe that we should have a border and I don't think it erases our country. I think we have a country with weak borders and we're still a country. The same way I think we're still a country when we have people that disagree with us when we have an ideology that's been a hundred years at work. And I mentioned this the other day in the podcast, but I want to reiterate it. I shared this picture from 1919, a newspaper comic about these stair steps and it's communist stuff, Bolshevism, talking about different steps. And what I took away from that was that 101 years ago, 
we were in a similar place to where we are now, which was the precipice for future wars and whatnot. But the main thing was there was a different ideology creeping in, just like there is now. People wanted to subvert Americanism then, and they want to do it now. People like AOC, people like Bernie Sanders, people like Bill de Blasio, and I'm just mentioning the ones that are frequently in my head, these guys are radicals. They are radicals, just like some of the radical libertarians that, you know, just think that we should have dirt roads and operate by militia on horseback. <laughs> you know, they don't want police. They don't want anything. They just zero government. I'll take care of me and leave me alone. Those radical libertarians uh, have their opinion. And there's opinions of theirs that I agree with. Uh, like I should be able to have a helicopter and a tank if I can afford one. But that's different. What I want to talk about and what I'm talking about is this that we've got people that are going after the way we do America. And they're saying, we've got a better version of America. And ultimately, to me, this is the ultimate test of the free market. However, there's the invisible hand that Adam Smith talks about in his book, The Wealth of Nations. And when you look at that in an economic system, it's the invisible hand that allows things to become more expensive or more valuable or less valuable and less expensive because of the invisible hand and supply and demand. Economics 101. Well, in the marketplace of ideas, it's the same thing. However, they have their thumb on the scale because they didn't win over academics in colleges. They didn't win over people in the government. They took over academia. They took over so many levels of our government. They took over newsrooms, broadcast centers, TV stations. They took over the media in the softest way imaginable without ever firing a shot. And that's the dangerous part about our adversary here. And I say our adversary, some want to say enemy, I say adversary because I do believe this is a debate. This is a battle for hearts and minds. This isn't a duel. Nobody's coming to uh, the election. Well, maybe a few people are, but most people aren't going to vote on election day with a gun. They may have a gun on them, but they're not voting with a gun. They're voting on a ballot, a secret ballot. They're going to cast a vote. That's ultimately what this is, about maintaining the republic, not destroying the republic, not destroying our adversary. It's about defeating our adversary. Bottom line, there is a marketplace of ideas, and we've seen how they play dirty. We have enough footage, we have enough of a reel to see how they play and to beat them at their own game. And the time to do it is right now. We have to start taking back America and beating the left at their own game. And I see it happening. I see lots of people yet again. And again, these are all anecdotal. But again, as people know that I have this podcast and I have the radio show on WABC and I'm in this movement of liberty, people send me texts and emails and strangers sometimes, but also friends of mine, people that I know were Democrats, people that always supported the other guy that from what I was supporting in New Jersey politics and they're texting me and calling me and telling me about all sorts of things that I've known about for a long time, but I'm floored that they know about it because why? They're paying attention because it's the information age. And just the way the left had this advantage on the college campus forever because that's where information was disseminated, now information is disseminated in your pocket. And that's an even playing field unless Twitter puts their thumb on the scale, unless Facebook puts their thumb on the scale. So... Up comes parlor. It's the free market of ideas. And we have to do that times 10 in order to save our republic 
in order to save the presidency, in order to save America. But keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America. This Is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. Bienvenido, America. I am Rich Valdez with an S. You can find me on social media, pretty much at any social media, at Rich Valdez with an S. That's not with a Z, that's with an S. To wrap everything up, we talked about this Bolshevik revolution. We've talked about how AOC delivers things and uses demagoguery to do what she does and how Michelle Obama did it. And we didn't talk about that today, but we talked about it in the last episode and how Kamala Harris embraces it and how the king of demagoguery is President Barack Hussein Obama himself. This guy is so smooth. I mean, he's really uh, one for the books. He's going to go down as one of the greatest demagogues in history. He can sell ice to Eskimos that are dying of hypothermia. He's that good. But we know, and we got to call him out on it. Like I said, this is our turn. We know their tricks. It's time for us to win. We have to rely on the facts. That's why I always tell you to go to justfacts.com, F-A-C-T-S, justfacts.com. We have to rely on the facts. We need to stay informed. We have to be informed patriots. Reagan talked about informed patriotism. And let me tell you, I think that's one of the most important things that we need today. And those of us that have it need to develop in it. And those of us that have other people that are not informed patriots, we need to help them to become informed patriots. And you've got to do whatever it is that you've got to do. And I try to be upbeat about this and... uh encourage everybody to do something, take some sort of step, because I do feel there are way too many people that approach me or call the radio show and say things like, what can I do? I'm just a regular person. Let me be the first to tell you that you're no longer a regular person. If you're breathing and you can hear my voice or hear anybody else's voice, you're no longer a regular person. You know what's going on and you know that something needs to be done. That knowledge is power. And it's time for you to do something. Whatever that something is, is up to you. Whether it's hanging up signs, whether it's talking to people, whether it's secretly talking to people, because a lot of people tell me and they come to me in confidence. They're like, ah, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want people banging up my car. I don't want, my, my brother actually told me, he was like, oh, you think if I put a Trump sticker back, I had a Trump bumper sticker on my bumper and you know somebody keyed my car and ripped it off the car. You think if I put it on and park it over there, I'll have an issue? Because he was talking about parking in New York versus parking in Jersey. And I said, yeah, I don't think you're going to have a problem. You know, we've got cameras. We've got a lot of good neighbors, a lot of armed neighbors. I don't think we're going to have that issue here. And he tells me, oh, that's good to know. It's really good to know. I see a lot of people with American flags outside their houses. So that's nice as he was uh, visiting and uh, from, from Brooklyn. So I bring that up to say, I know a lot of people are afraid. I get it. I've lost a tremendous amount of opportunities because people who once looked at me and said, oh, well, you know, Rich is a good guy. You know, he, he works for Governor Christie. He's a Republican, but he's very sensible. But it seems like nobody can be sensible and support Trump. That's the narrative that 
people are being fed that absolutely everything Trump does is evil. They don't look at the actions. They look at the words. They buy every single idea, every single allegation, every single slanderous lie that's put out about the president. You may have differences of opinion on his delivery, maybe something he does may be unsavory to you. That's your right to critique him and your problem. He's still the president. I sucked it up for eight years. I sounded the alarms as loud as I could when I told people, this guy Obama hasn't lied. He said he was coming in to change the way America worked. He said he was coming in to to create this universal health care. He said he was coming in to change the game and people liked it. I remember reading a political science article a long time ago and it said that it's time for change is one of the most popular campaign slogans for new candidates and it's almost a guaranteed way to lose because people don't like change. I once gave a speech and I made a joke and it fell so flat and this is how it went. It said the only people that like change are babies in dirty diapers. And people were supposed to laugh and nobody laughed. And I was like, damn. <laughs> and that's on, that's on YouTube, by the way. My point is nobody likes change unless you're sitting in a hot, steamy pile of poop. So if you don't like change and this candidate's coming and he's saying, vote for me, I'm the change that we need. You're going to be like, nah, bro, I don't need you. I don't want change. Even though this guy's a pendejo, I'm going to stick with him because he's the crook I know. I'm better the crook I know than the crook I don't. What happens Obama says, hope and change, hope and change, but he does it so damn well, he enamors the world. And he has a lot of powerful people behind him that ensure that he gets a pass. Nobody challenges him. Nobody checks him when he says things that aren't accurate. He just, boom, he's in. And we got him, and we got him twice. And a lot of damage was done. So many of the repairs that we made from FDR's divisive politics We went right back to that same mess. So that's where we are. We need informed patriotism. And guess what? You're the patriot. So step your game up. Do what you got to do. Godspeed to you. And whether you liked what I said or not, leave a review. I want to hear your thoughts. We uh, take a look at the reviews. I look at those five-star ratings and I absolutely love them and appreciate them. Mr. Producer also loves them as much as he can love anything. He's a little bit of a stoic. As you know, he's a chatterbox. It's hard to keep him quiet. But if you have a complaint, that's at Rich Cementa. And if you have something nice to say, you could send it to at Rich Valdez. Until the next one, hasta la próxima, America. I leave you with the words of Sir Edmund Burke. And he says, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. And of course, from Hamilton, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. So stop falling for anything. It's all about informed patriotism. And if you're listening to this today and tomorrow, I hate to be timely, but check me out from 6 to 9 p.m. I'm going to be on the Mark Levin Show on August 21st, and I'd love for you to call in and participate in America's town hall meeting. I'm Rich Valdez, and you're listening to This Is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. 
Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.